drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Trevor Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Troy Lyons! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Wednesday, and this is your boy, Okri. I am solo today, no Grifka, but uh, I thought it was timely. I'm going to be jumping on a plane here and be uh, on some business this week, so doing a solo show here, but I thought it'd be timely to talk some Senior Bowl, so... I know last year one of uh, the shows you guys really enjoyed was kind of my Senior Bowl wrap-up, where after the Senior Bowl I broke down little blurbs, little info about each guy, things I saw, things I liked. Well, this year, you know, we, we got everything set. I figured I might as well do one kind of before, and, and then we'll definitely get to our uh, opinions and things I caught up on afterwards as well. But uh, the Senior Bowl, real quick before I jump into it, is a, an event that... Gosh, probably five, six years ago, it wasn't an event really on my calendar. You know, it was just uh, that postseason college game I didn't pay a ton of attention to. As I've grown to absolutely love the draft and get much more into kind of player personnel and all the different things, you know, I've really grown to enjoy the Senior Bowl a lot. There's a lot you can glean from it, I think, if you you really look at what the Detroit Lions have done the past few years. They have really, uh, they have really picked from the Senior Bowl. You know, they've they've always been down there with their crew, but if you look at some of their draft picks, a lot of guys that were either at the Senior Bowl or, or people they interacted with there usually end up showing up on draft day. So really important from that perspective. I mean, gosh, we, we, we got Matt Pat down there coaching with, with some of these new coaches. I, I know I've been on, on the record saying that's really important thing, really good thing to see that they were able to get that opportunity. And, and I do feel that way. You know, I... I think there's just something to be said with actually boots on the ground, being there, talking to these guys, seeing them in the meeting rooms, seeing their work habits. But the only thing I don't want the Lions to do is totally fall in love with a player, just his personality, or maybe you had a really good interaction with at Senior Bowl and just sort of move him way up the draft board or kind of peg him as like, hey, we're going to draft that guy and then just kind of decide when you're going to take him if he's still on the board. You know, you still got to play the board. You still got to be smart about it. So it's kind of that catch-22. Like you can learn a lot, but you don't want to go down there and just be blown away with a guy and then, you know, not watch the board or not look for a value pick, you know, when the draft actually begins. But like I say, they're down there. I'm hoping that Matt Pat and his uh, coaching staff gets a good review. You know, I hope the players say they enjoy getting to work with him. I hope he's, you know, in good spirits, sort of having fun down there as a head coach. So I'm recording here a little bit early, and uh, they're going to have, gosh, they kind of have, you know, everybody gets there on Monday, Tuesday is 
you know, things start rolling. I can't remember. I think they do have sort of begin practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then by the end of the week is when we'll really have some takeaways as far as what we saw. I'll be able to put all this together. So um, hang with me. So what I want to do on this show is uh, I've got some players highlighted. I've got some guys that caught my eye, either their names or I, I did a little bit of research. I still got so much to do. You know, there's just not enough time in the day to read up on all this draft content and sort of get where I'd like to be with uh with the day-to-day job and all the other things I got going right now, but uh, I'm definitely trying to do my homework this year. And one thing, if you guys are really interested in the draft or really want to be on top of things, like to me, it it really does take some work. You know, you really have to carve out time to do it. I know a lot of fans of people out there, we kind of get latched on to a couple of these names, you know, or guys at big colleges that we've heard of or watched before, but What's really interesting is if you can read up on these guys, not only go to YouTube, maybe watch a couple things so you can actually physically see the player. I know there's been times in my past when I first got going where, you know, you just you just heard of the guy, but you've never really seen him. You may have read some things on him, but there's something to be said with really physically seeing them. YouTube highlights, maybe watch a game or two where they show a couple of their highlights, uh, a couple of their plays, you know, is really important. But what I what I've really started to enjoy the last couple of years is is reading up. So if you can find a good draft guide, or if you can find something that will actually talk about these players, give their bios, yeah, give some stats. But it's kind of important to to find out, you know, are, are they a multi-sport athlete? Are they were they a captain and or a stud in high school? You know, what did they bring to their college team? You know, are they a three-year starter? There's lots of those little things, you know, they even glean maybe some character either issues or great character guys that you can just put a put a bullet next to and say, wow, that's it. That's a great guy off the field. That's obviously something you're always looking for in a draft pick as well. When and where you can get it. And there's those guys that are a little questionable that you can say, hey, you know, I, I know he had a few things in his past, but I think the athleticism, the ability as well as where he's headed, you know, it's worth taking the risk. So I just encourage everybody to go out there, find some, you know, find something that you can actually grab on to read. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Digital, like everything's, you know, tech online, just, you know, want everything in a digital form. But I've actually found with the draft, you know, you wonder why draft guys still do the draft boards the way they do and, and do some, because there's something to be said about kind of, printing these names off, putting them on the magnets, putting them on cards, getting used to the names, the heights, the weights, where they're from, what year they are. They are, are they a junior? means they're younger. Are they a redshirt uh, senior? means they got a little bit more age to them when they're coming out for the most part. And then, like I say, if, if you can get a print off of a, a draft guide or some graphic content, you know, get, get a red pen out and start making some notes, highlighting things, circling it, um, making little notes to yourself because that's sort of where you can get that recall. Um, that really helps you come draft day. You really got to know your players kind of, you know, pretty innately when you get to that point, if you're going to actually make picks on the clock or be kind of on top of your game. So anyway, that's just a little draft stuff. But again, today we're just going to focus on the senior bowl. Uh, again, with me being out of town on business and stuff, I'm actually going to have a lot of it on record and have to get back to it. This is more of your preview show where we're going to talk about the, uh, the North and the South squads. The, uh, the rosters got released, so we're going to work our way through those. So let's not waste any more time. Uh, really looking forward to this show. Again, the senior bowl is a big event. I really enjoy it. Let's take a quick break. I'll be right back and we're going to dive into the North squad first 
coached by Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions, and I work our way over to the south and try to give you guys not only some information, but just some names, some little things to watch because I know all you football crazy fans out there are going to be watching this, and this will at least give you some things to work off and maybe some guys to keep an eye on. So take a quick break for our sponsors. I'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, like I say, with no Grifka today, we're really just sitting here talking football, which is which is always fun. I know me and Grifka have a ton of fun on the show and joke back and forth and get into arguments and play sound bits and do all that fun stuff. But um, it is fun just to talk football, Detroit Lions, and this is an important thing. The, this the Senior Bowl heading to free agency, heading to the draft. So, so let's start with the North squad. You know, t- to me – you know, there's a couple positions that I'm really trying to key on. I know everybody and their brother wants to say, you know, defense. We need defense. We got to fix this defense. Yes, we we need some defensive playmakers, and there are some interesting prospects on the north side. But you do not want to neglect the offensive side of the ball. You know, we're, we've got some receivers on the squad we have to look at. There's a couple running backs that intrigue me. Um, so don't get so caught up in that you're only going to spend time on defense. You're just looking at defensive ends, corners, linebackers, because you're going to miss out on some other good players. They're on both sides of the football. And you don't even want to bypass a position that you think we're good at. Like some people might think, oh, we're good at receiver. You still want to know the names. You still want to be on top of things. You still want to make sure if a guy falls or if there's a really good talent that you know about him and that you know that he can help the team if he's worth the draft pick come draft day. So North squad, let's go down the list. Again, some of these guys, you know, uh, I may have missed or I'm not going to talk about today, but these are just some names, again, to highlight. We'll see if we can work our way through these in timely fashion. So the first name that I had highlighted was cornerback out of California. Um, And this guy, I don't know, he intrigues me when I start reading about him. So Ashton Davis out of California, uh, defensive back, defensive secondary type of player. This guy's actually more of a single high safety you know, he has kind of, when I was reading on him, he kind of had a comparison of Darnell Savage. Now, he is a, a first, second round type projection, so not sure the Lions will be looking for a guy in that range. But, you know, w- when you read up on him, he he had some offensive player in high school. He just had some really intriguing things. You know, his tackling seemed to be an issue as I was reading up on him, but kind of an explosive athlete and a guy that wasn't really on my radar till I looked at him, so... So Ashton Davis, you know, was a guy in the in the secondary, even though I do like our, our current safeties. You know, if, if the right one pops up and if they have a scheme for him, I think you can go that route. Um, the next guy I have is, is the D-tackle out of Oklahoma, Gallimore. This is an athletic defensive tackle. I'd put him more maybe a nose tackle type guy, but he is a penetrator. The The note I have on him is that he was the highest rated PFF uh, pass rush grade for the past two years and actually it seemed to have three years of really high um, tight PFF grades when it comes to pass rush so I, I like seeing that 
Uh, kids got about a third round type grade on him. So if you're missing out on the Derek Browns, the um, the kid out of South Carolina, then then Gallimore is is an option there as, as you work your way down the board. The next guy, another defensive tackle. Now this guy, I watched some film on him recently. I actually took him in one of my mock drafts that you see come out uh, from time to time on Twitter. And and there's things I like about this guy, and then when I watch him, there's things that like really worry me. So I don't even know if I got the name, if I can pronounce it right, but it looks like Leaky Futu or Fotu. Uh, again, I I haven't heard his name pronounced, but F O T U. And this guy, this guy's a monster. This guy's like 330 pounds, six six. I want to say in that range, if not taller. They have him somewhat compares compared to A. Sean, but uh, I don't know. This guy is one of those big. What I love in defensive tackles is that big kind of Samoan in the middle of your defense that's just like big, athletic. You know, can move bodies. Got some nasty to him. When I watched Fotu, like to me, he was he he has these plays where he just blows by people or just bullies his his defender and looks incredible. And there was a lot of plays where he really looks mechanical and stiff. You know, like he's this big guy and he just he can't bend. He can't really you know look athletic. So I just don't know. I got to do not only some more homework, but look at him. But he's really intriguing because, like, if you go back even to his high school days, he's just, like, so much bigger than everyone. He's just beasting everybody. You know, if he could learn to kind of play in the middle of defense, could be a really intriguing prospect. You know, it seems like the draft network and people are pretty pretty cool with him. Like, he's kind of in those – in that third, fourth round type range. And – I don't know. I, I don't know if he really fits the Lions defense or, or where I'm at with him, but like, wait till you see him at the senior bowl. He looks different than almost everybody else. Not only from his, I think he's got the crazy hair going, but he's just big and I'm sure he'll push some people around. Cause that's what I saw on tape. Uh, Joshua Uche from Michigan. I had here as a, as an edge type defender, you know, kind of have him in the third round type range. I think he's an intriguing prospect, only seemed to get better when he was at Michigan, which is always good as you continually get better. Uh, Alton Robinson, edge out of Syracuse. This was a guy that, I don't know, I I like what I saw. I know uh, our guy Frank Ribble had a question. I kind of put Alton Robinson in the mix as a a later edge type player. I mean, he's probably got a third, fourth type round grade on him. And I saw some comparisons to Jalen Ferguson. If you guys know him, he was the all-time leader in sacks, you know, from the college perspective, went to Baltimore, started slow, and then towards the end of the year, he really started kind of coming on, making some plays. So, I mean, that's that's intriguing, and, and Alton Robinson has the size as well that the Lions would look for at that type of position. Bradley and Nye, uh, yeah, Nye from Utah, um, Gosh, this guy, again, mixed reviews. I mean, kind of in that second to third type range, I would say. I, I I just don't know what to think about him. You know, I've seen some great reviews where it's like, man, this guy's got lots of skills, good size, going to be good. And then there's guys that, like, don't like, you know, his bend, his get-off, his, his work ethic, any of this stuff. So, again, he's intriguing. He's, he's that type of guy where you may – pass on a rusher early and can get this guy if you love him but I feel like the Lions are probably not going to be 
on a player like this, but I could be wrong. He's definitely one to keep an eye on at the Senior Bowl, so we'll see what he can bring to the table. The other great thing about the Senior Bowl, everybody knows this, is when they do those one-on-one drills, when they do, you know, just uh, offense versus defense, you know, kind of either pass rush or even the pass protection for the running backs. That's really when it is kind of very... Uh, how do I say this? Like that's where you get a really good evaluation because it's kind of the best of the best for the most part when it comes to seniors. You know, yeah, a lot of the real studs coming out in college are juniors or even re- redshirt sophomores. They're not going to be at this game, but still, man, you know, savvy senior vets. When you're going head up against them, you can really tell some things. So it'll be really interesting to see who wins these battles. And like I say, you take them for what they're worth. Like you can move a guy around the draft board based on how he performs at the senior bowl, but you just don't want to get crazy about it because, you know, if he guy was a bum in most of his career in college or or below average, and he comes and blows up the senior bowl and wins every drill. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to be a, a top NFL prospect. So anyway, let's get back to these players. So uh, Michigan State product, Kenny Willekes. This guy's an edge guy, probably in that fourth, fifth, probably even sixth round type range. You know, I, I saw, here, here's the thing. This is something for you Lions fans to chew on. It, the, a comparison I saw was Rob Ninkovich. Like if Rob Ninkovich is your comparison, you got to decide in yourself if that's really good because that guy was a really good player for the New England Patriots when it comes to grit, leadership, you know, kind of what he could do on the field, always seem to be around the football, always seem to make him plays. But would Rob Ninkovich be able to do any of that kind of stuff in 2020 NFL, you know, where things, everything's faster, you can't touch anybody, less physical, all that type of stuff. And that's what I'm trying to figure out with the Lions is they're, they're going with this tried true method that they think they have this scheme that just works you know, no matter what, I know Matt Patricia can be a bit versatile, but, you know, if this guy compares to Rob Ninkovich, like, those guys seem to be kind of getting weaned out of the NFL for the more athletic, more bendy, more explosive type players. So, anyway, chew on that, kind of see what Willikus brings at, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, next guy, Ohio State linebacker Malik Harrison. Now, this was a name I heard a lot about. I heard some good things. He's kind of on my radar. Like, hey, this guy might be a good you know, middle of the draft, end of the draft type linebacker, seemed to have some college production, seemed to be good. He's, he's listed sort of as an inside linebacker. I mean, I put him probably in that fifth, sixth round range. I, I'd seen him higher, you know, to start the process, either two to, not two, probably in that three, four range. Now it seems like he's going a little bit lower. But the more I read up on him, man, he seemed to be kind of like a poor tackler, you know, Good run defense, uh, decent coverage grades, but I just wasn't wild by what I saw. You know, I felt like before I felt he was a better football player than when I sort of looked into him a little bit more. So so we'll see. Maybe, maybe he comes out and plays well because, like I say, that's a big-time school and he, he has played some good football. But, you know, Malik Harrison, I kind of cooled on a little bit based on what I had saw here on the initial stages. Ohio State product, uh, Jonah Jackson, he's an offensive guard. And most of the time when I was going through the offensive guards, I was trying to figure out who can play right guard because I feel like if they move on from Glam Glasgow, I want a guy that has tons of snaps, tons of games at right guard. I'm not a proponent of just saying, oh, he played left. He could just flip over the other side. I know it's done. I know it's done at a pretty high level in the NFL. But to me, the footwork, just the muscle memory, the ability to, to do it, the same way as you had done it at college to me is a, is a definite plus and something I look for. Now, 
Jackson, you know, he had a comparison to Josh Sitton, which, oh, I couldn't stand Josh Sitton when he was with the Packers, but he always was making Pro Bowls or kind of really grimy there in the middle. So I thought that was a good thing. And, and he seemed to have good run and pass ratings, which is something I look forward to. I mean, I think the Lions like those, you know, uh, balance type offensive linemen. You know, they want some versatility, but they also want you to be decent at run and pass. Now, I've grilled them on the podcast of being way better at pass than, than at run. You know, we're not pushing any bodies the way I'd like to see it. But, you know, Jonah Jackson's a name to keep keep uh, keep watch for when you're watching the Senior Bowl. Um, right after that, a little Michigan product. So Ohio State, Michigan, back-to-back. Um, ben Bredesen. Now, to me, you know, Bet. Bredesen, I, I don't know, Austin Corbett uh, type comp. They had him in the fourth round. I I don't know what to think about the guy. You know, I uh, I think he kind of played some different positions on the offensive line, so that's a good thing. But I don't know if you can just slot him in there right at right guard and, and feel good about it. You know, we'll, we'll go ahead and see what he does. Let's get to the outside. This outside linebacker from Wisconsin. Again, I'm definitely highlighting those bigger schools. I definitely skew towards that too when I'm drafting players. I feel like they played with better competition, uh, bigger games, bigger stadiums. But you definitely don't want to overlook the little schools. But if I got my choice, you know, I'm usually going the bigger school. This guy, this one really befuddles me right here. So we got Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, this outside linebacker. I watched this guy a little bit for PFF and, and doing some other projects. And this guy was, he looks like when you see him physically, he looks kind of like Anthony Barr type, type body build, you know, just the way he looks physically. He, he always seemed to be standing up, coming off the edge when I watched him. Yet this publication that I looked at recently, I mean, they had this guy as a second round pick and comparison of Joe Schobert. Now, I got issues with both of those. I, I didn't see anything when I was watching him that had him in the second type round. I mean, I've heard some good things. And I saw him at times make plays, but I didn't feel like he was this, you know, all over the football field type of guy. Uh, second round, outside backer, edge rusher type. But Joe Schobert's like more of a middle or outside linebacker that runs and just tackles. He's not coming off the edge or or playing big edge, you know, in a 3-4 type of thing where he's way out wide coming after the quarterback. So I thought that was an odd comp. Um, but, you know, what I said is like when I saw this guy or when I saw kind of how he played the game, he kind of reminded me of what I liked when Kyle Van Noy came out of college. You know, he was always that athletic edge that was way out wide, come after the quarterback, could set the edge, could make plays on the football and get the football out. That's kind of what I saw from Zach Bond when I watched him just, you know, in general terms. Let's go down here. We've got, uh, this was, uh, again, another thing I looked for was right tackles. I feel like if they're going to move on from a tackle, they seem to, the Lions themselves, from what I hear, really seem to like uh, Taylor Decker. I like Taylor Decker for the most part. Uh, a lot of people don't like Taylor Decker, <clears throat> Grifka, and others. But I think if you're going to make a decision, you're going to move on from Rick Wagner because of his price tag. And because, I mean, let's be honest, he's been uh, not that great. I mean, to quote a famous scholar. But, I mean, he's been okay. I, I, I just feel like I don't, I don't, you know, worry about him too much on Sundays when he's out there. But... 
Um, we could definitely get better. So I feel like if you're going to get better, get better at right tackle. Uh, this kid's out of Connecticut. Matt uh, Matt Parrott, uh, I believe is how you pronounce it, offensive tackle. And, like, I liked what I read about this guy. He's, he's like a third-round type grade. He would right tackles or all the snaps were. And he seemed to be well above average on all the PFF stats they looked at. I mean, they had, like, you know, pass protection, run blocking, you know, the different schemes he was in, some of the some of the other things from offensive line he seemed to be way above in all those. So I, I can't say I've I put my eyes on it much Connecticut football, but that was a name where it was like that unheard of guy. I was like, watch, watch some some Matt um, Pert or gosh, I wish I could pronounce some of these guys' names better, but some of them I'm I'm still learning. So we'll see after the draft or after the uh, Senior Bowl. Let's keep it moving here. Josh Jones, there. This is a big, big man, big physical beast out of Houston. This is a left tackle prospect, but I still highlighted him because he's a first round type talent, maybe early second. Um, I don't know. This guy seems to just have that body build of like that elite left tackle where they just have crazy feet. They can just bully you. But I can't say he had the greatest grades. I mean, he just looks like a really physically gifted guy and a guy that with Houston, they usually throw in the football a lot. So he, he probably has lots of snaps when it comes to pass protection. I'll be curious to see what he has because this was a guy I've kind of been down on throughout the process. But he... uh. He has some intriguing things when you when you look at him, no doubt about it. Uh, highlighted Trey Adams, offensive tackle out of Washington. I think this guy has one of the greatest mullets in the game. If I if, if this guy that I remember, but uh, like I say, offensive tackle, Washington, throw the football, kind of that crazy Pac-12 type thing. This is a mid-round type guy, probably in that fourth, fifth round. Um, more of a left tackle. That's where all his snaps were. So if you think you're just going to draft him, put him on the right side. Like I again, I'm not not a proponent of that necessarily. Uh, let's get a few more guys here on the north before we move on to the other side. Uh, Utah State Jordan Love. Now the reason I highlighted this guy is because I like this player a lot. Like I think I watched him a few times. I really felt like wow, Jordan Love's got some game, man. But he he's got some issues, you know, when it comes to whether it be, you know, gosh, I don't know. Like you could say he's accurate and there's times you can say he's inaccurate, but I thought his athleticism as well as just, you know, what he brought from the quarterback position really showed me some things. So I wouldn't be surprised because quarterbacks get pushed up. You see this guy in the middle of the first round, maybe early second round, but I think he's an intriguing quarterback prospect. Not saying the Lions should go get him, but saying watch him in the senior bowl and see what you think because I think Jordan Love's got some game. Uh, TCU, this one surprised me as well. TCU, Darius Anderson, running back. Now, I, I knew about him, uh, again, just off the cuff. Maybe I was thinking of another type player. I was thinking more of a receiving type back, a little scat back. But when you look up Darius Anderson, when you really dig into him, I mean, he, I saw some comps of, of Carrion Johnson type. And when you read up on him, he's elusive. He's got yards after contact. He's a, he's a good zone runner is is what I was able to glean from him. It's a guy you could pick up maybe in the fifth sixth round. That I don't know he could, especially if he's like carry on and you think you can get a guy like this late. Maybe it's good to to wait on running backs pick up a guy like this and just say hey this guy's a lot of touches he's done some decent things at the college level and see if you can kind of have that carry on Johnson light or that carry on Johnson uh, number two to go along with Bo and a couple other guys. Next name on my list, Sean McCune out of Michigan, tight end. I, I 
gosh, I'm I'm torn on Sean McCune. Like I at times I would see him catch the football and run up the field. And I was like, man, this guy's pretty smooth, or he's you know he'd be blocking lines a pretty you know willing blocker type of guy. I think he I think this is the guy where you'd hear every every game he'd play. He's a former quarterback, you know, in high school, uh, all this stuff, you know, so he kind of knows what the quarterback's looking for, knows how to make himself presentable. Nothing special here, you know. This is a late round type tight end that you would get that's a depth player that can probably, you know, either make your roster or be at the bottom of the roster, but also a pretty dependable guy. Um, I don't know. I, I just highlight him. I didn't really want the Lions to, to focus in on tight ends, so I left some of the bigger names off. But I just thought, hey, if Sean McCune's there in the sixth, seventh round, you think he's better than Nada or, or some of these other guys you got, um, you know, maybe he's worth a long-time flyer, but I wouldn't encourage it. Um, this is the name everybody's kind of talking about right here, Michael Pittman, USC, a big Big wide receiver, kind of a second round, third round type grade. You know, I saw some comparisons to Alshon Jeffrey. I, I don't know. I, I like Michael Pittman because he's obviously got that pedigree where, you know, people, people, you know, know his, you know, his, his dad was in the NFL, all that type of stuff. So you can give that as a plus. But I I had him in like a college fantasy league and kind of seen him. I I wasn't blown away by this guy. I felt like he was just sort of a you know a mid type college receiver. But if he's like Alshon, if he's physical, if he can go get it and and can prove himself with the senior boy, that would do some some good things for him. I I'm much more of a proponent of just kind of like you know, yeah, he's an okay player, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out and make him a priority, even though I've read some articles saying like, he's the, he's the big, you know, receiver to watch on the line side of the football. Another receiver out of Baylor, Denzel Mims, you know, this guy, third, fourth round, uh, kind of, kind of big athletic, you know, got some speed to him out of that crazy offense. They kind of run out of there in Baylor. I mean, I think he's got some things. I mean, he kind of like that receiver type that Bob Quinn has traditionally drafted. But my thing is, okay, you already got those guys. You got Kenny, depending on what you want to do with Marvin Jones. But we're looking for a, a small scat receiver that can catch the football and got some speed and some juice is what I'm looking for. So, um, you know, the, the next guy to a big old receiver, this is out of Notre Dame, Chase Claypool. Uh, this guy's like a, a little bit later rounds. So you can maybe get him in the fifth or so. He was compared to Devin Funches. I, I loved Funchy at Michigan. I thought when they had him at tight end, he was just always catching footballs. And then he went to the league and they made him a big receiver. He caught a lot of touchdowns, made some plays early in his career where nobody thought he would. And, and Claypool's got some of those same abilities. You know, I have here as kind of a wide receiver slash flex tight end. I, I think I read some too. He's even compared to like some of the similar skills that Darren Waller had, you know, a receiver turned tight end that now is tearing up the league now that he got his Darren Waller got his off the field together. So, you know, again, intriguing prospect, but we, do we need a flex tight end? No, we have TJ Hawkinson. Do we need another receiver that's big and can, you know, can go get it in the red zone? No, we already have those. But this next guy is a guy that I know, I think Jared from on Twitter, you always see him kind of putting up great things about the draft and doing mock drafts. I think this is one of his guys and I'm intrigued by him as well, but I also have a negative on him. So Texas A&M's Courtney Davis, 
this guy, I don't know. I, I saw, I saw Jared taking him kind of in that fourth, fifth type round. I mean, he's, he's got more of a sixth round grade, but when you, when you look at him, like I had read, you know, short area quickness, doesn't drop the football, you know, able to really do some things. And I started reading up on him and like, he had really poor scores when it comes to PFF grades nothing really jumped off the table to me as you know very special but that's why I want to watch him that's why I want to see him at senior bowl probably pull up some more of his stuff sort of see what type of player he is but you know he wasn't that fourth fifth round type oh gotta have him receiver it was much more of a you know if he's there maybe we can get him and maybe he can learn under a Danny Amendola and see what he has you know moving forward type of thing so that's the North squad. Those are the kind of the names I'm sure you guys are out there screaming at your your cell phones or your in your in your cars driving saying, You didn't bring up this guy, Okree. Like this is my guy. Yeah. This is the beginning of the process, giving you the preview. I'll have more takes, more opinions on these guys once I actually watch the senior bowl practices, see what the experts are saying, as well as get my own take when I see them with my eyes again against other good football players and say, wow, this guy really had some juice, or wow, this guy always won one-on-ones, either pass rush, offense, um, wide receiver, whatever it may be. So let's take a quick pause. I'll come back, and then we'll talk some South Squad. I'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, let's talk about the South Squad. Let's get right into it. We're not going to mess around. The South Squad uh, by the Bengals. Bengals will be coached in the South. And I highlighted some names. We'll work our way through these. So the first name I had, Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. This guy, really high on my radar. You know, he, he's kind of fallen a bit just because of all the other premier prospects at LSU. But this is a good cornerback, man. He's a, he's a first, second-round type talent. I saw him compared to A.J. Boye. You got to like that. I think he brings some really good things to the table, so that's a name to keep an eye on if the Lions pass on cornerbacks early. Maybe Christian Fulton is that guy in the second or even, uh, I don't think he makes it to the third round. I would say he definitely is going to go in the second, but I've seen corners slip before. You know, we all have, so we'll see what he does. Uh, next guy I had on my list again was another DB. Uh, this guy's intriguing. Probably people out there that hate this guy, and there's guys that just say, oh, you got to get this guy. He's got crazy uh, skills. He's going to be a, a great pro. Darnay Holmes out of UCLA. You you read up on Darnay. I mean, they got him compared to Janoris Jenkins. Remember when every Lions fan wanted Janoris Jenkins? He had all the off-field issues. Well, Darnay, I didn't read about a ton of off-field issues. He was a stud in high school, offensive player, big-time playmaker. You know, UCLA, he's got the speed and ability to keep up with some of the fastest receivers in college. He did it with Hollywood Brown. Uh, he had some good games against Nikhil Harry. But Darnay has a bunch of issues, too. He, he, he gets roasted at times. He gets handsy. Um, he's got poor PFF stats from what I saw. I, I just put here on my notes, big-time boom-bust guy. 
So there's people that are just going to say, no, the tape doesn't match. He's not going to be anything. He's just an athletic type player with some speed. And there's people that say, wow, if you get this guy in the third, fourth, even if he slips even later than that, you've got to take a chance on him because he's got some speed. He's got some ball skills. He's an electric type player at times. Like his ceiling is incredible and his floor is like horrible. You know, that's kind of like where this guy falls. But Darnay Holmes, a name to at least keep an eye on and see what you think. Maybe we'll know more after Senior Bowl. Like, yeah, this guy just can't D up or wow. All that athleticism showed up. Next name, Clemson. Uh, Kayvon Wallace. This is a defensive back type player, third round type player. Seemed to have missed tackles and poor run defense when I read about him. I mean, obviously he's coming from Clemson, so people are going to tick him up for that. I mean, decent player, but nothing really wowed me, but still got to watch down there at Senior Bowl. South Carolina, uh, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle. Everybody knows this is kind of like the next guy on the list after Derek Brown. I'd be curious to see if he gets in that first round. Towards the back half, everybody's sort of been placing him there, but I I could always see a guy like this falling, you know, kind of that defensive tackle three technique penetrator. He uh, he's intriguing to me, but I, I watched a little bit of him. I mean, he would have some bat downs, he'd have some get after the quarterbacks, but it, it didn't jump off the page to me. Obviously, like it did with Derek Brown, where this guy is just dancing bear that has long levered arms and could just crush you, you know, right off the snap. That's what I thought with Derek Brown, not so much with Kinlaw, but Kinlaw is a guy too that could, you know, test well and, and, you know, has all the things you look for and could move up to that middle, you know, first round, second defensive tackle off the board. We'll see what happens. Next guy I have here is Alabama Roquan Davis. Uh, Another name people know because Alabama, Alabama, um, you know, seems to be falling in like that third round range when I do mocks. I mean, a lot of boards have him more in the fourth or, or fourth round. You know, it'd probably be where where his drop would stop if he got to that point. Um, you know, good run defender. It doesn't bring you much like on third down when it comes to really getting after people. I mean, yeah, you're going to see his highlights where he's getting after the quarterback and whatnot, but seem to be more of that guy that we already have you know we already have Alabama guys that can kind of good against the run know their gaps know how to play the defense but I mean you, you don't you don't need four or five of those guys up front you need Deshaun Hand to ball out the way he should you need Flowers to do his thing and then you need a couple rushers so speaking of rushers Daryl Taylor Jr. out of Tennessee. I did some more reading up on this guy. He's got me intrigued, man. Third round, fourth round type prospect. Uh, saw him compared to Brian Arakpo. Um, pass rush, third down positives, and run stopping negatives. So, again, you may hear that and say, well, the Lions aren't going to want a guy that's bad against the run. Well, they need some more people that can get after the quarterback. So, you might want to take a look at uh, Daryl T- uh Taylor there to me, Tennessee hasn't been good. I mean, this kid seemed to have the measurables you look for from that uh, perspective. But again, if he can get after the quarterback and has a comparison to an Arakpo type, that intrigues me. Oh, let's keep it moving here. Alabama again, Anthony Jennings, another name. Most people know. Now it's curious here on the, the senior bowl roster that I was was looking at they had him as an inside linebacker i mean the more reading up and homework i did on anthony jennings he definitely seems more of a outside linebacker edge type guy where most of his snaps are coming from the edge 
or on the ball. You know, he's not playing off the ball very much. So I don't know if they're going to try him at inside linebacker or inside linebacker in a 3-4, whatever it may be. But Anthony Jennings, to me, is a guy I see in the third or fourth round of my mocks. You know, got him kind of as that floor of maybe the fourth fourth round type range. Uh, seemed to be well above average on most of the PFF grades I was looking at when it comes to um, run stopping, coverage. You know, he can cover, but it seems much more of a get-after-the-quarterback type player. Um, again, you, you, you got to put these guys on your radar. Alabama's Terrell Lewis. This was a guy just as of, you know, a few days ago when I did a mock. Uh, he, I took him in the second round. Uh, Terrell Lewis, linebacker. He uh, he's got a third round type grade, you know, for the most part. But I, I think he's got some pass rush ability. Again, not a run stuffer, but good pass rusher, and that's what I'm looking for. If I if I can't get a guy like Chase Young, or if I pass on Derek Brown, take another position. I'm looking for rushers in the second, third, fourth, whatever it may be. So. Terrell Lewis is a guy I think keep an eye on. Uh, he's had some injury issues. We'll see if he's um, balling out at the Senior Bowl or if he, you know, is still one of those guys that's always hurt, and not able to reach his potential. Next name on my list is LSU's Damian Lewis. He's an interior offensive lineman. Gosh, this is another guy that really intrigued me. This was, uh, I know he's from LSU, but he wasn't really on my radar. Uh, Damian Lewis is played in the SEC. He kind of has that third-round grade, third, fourth, even fifth is where I'm sort of looking for. Maybe I'll take an offensive guard, but I'm not really looking in that range unless he really, you know, just makes sense at that point. But Damian Lewis is a right guard basically only. That's where all of his snaps came. He's great as a run blocker in his own scheme. Um, seemed to be poor on his pass sets, which worried me because, like, the Lions are still going to throw the football quite a bit. But, hey. You know, if we can get a guy that that can road grade, a guy that's a good zone blocker, played the right ta- right guard position. Sorry, um, for the most part, came from LSU, had some good size to him. I thought it was worth it. Now, again, maybe you can wait later. You know, c- comparison of Nate Davis, that was a guy I liked in the draft process. Seems to be doing, um, you know, uh, doing well down there in Tennessee. So, you know. Just keep an eye on that. I know all you guys out there want these offensive guards like they're gold, and they are important. But if Ragnall plays the way he should, Decker, you know, plays above average, and Dahl is Joe Dahl, which is like they already signed him and he seems to be okay. You know, you're you're gonna need someone to play guard, but do you can it be a later draft pick or do you really need to invest in that position and the right tackle to make our offensive line where it should be? We'll see. We'll see what they do. This this next name, too. You're, you're talking about wanting to watch a guy when, when it comes down to practice. Appalachian State, Kahim Davis Gaither. This was a guy, I couldn't understand it. He's an outside linebacker, and they kind of had him like not even rated on their big board of what I was looking at. But they also had a second-round grade on him. And they compared him to Jalen Smith out of Dallas. That guy was a freak coming out of college, even with the injury. And he's proven to be so in the NFL. So when I did some more reading and watched this guy, I mean, seemed to be a good run defender and rusher. Um, but poor in coverage. You know, it was kind of like, you already have those. We have a few of those. Um, but I was just surprised to see a second-round grade for a guy out of Appy State and compared to Jalen Smith. It's was like, is that a typo or... 
I mean, so he's on my list to to read up, watch some more of this guy, and see what he has. Penn State has a linebacker as well, Cameron Brown, outside linebacker, fourth-round type player, compared to Bobby, one of the greatest names in, in all of sports, Bobby Okarike. <laughs> I think, uh, what was it, Pat McAfee, I think, said that uh, he got to announce that at the draft and did a tremendous job. That was funny. But uh, this guy, again, kind of poor at tackling, uh, but seemed to be even when it came to run and pass, which I hope the Lions are looking for. Yeah, you, you want a guy that can stuff the run, but he's got to be able to cover people. Cameron Brown seemed to have those athletic traits played at Penn State, which to me was a plus as well. Gosh, I'm not even going to try to say this Auburn tackle's name, but his first name is Prince Tega. Um, I think, is that all? Let me see. It might be even off my page here on my sheet. Yeah, it looks like his first name is Prince Tega, and then I don't even want to try the last name. But uh, he's like a fifth-round tackle. Again, a, a left tackle that you could take as kind of the swing player or a guy that's just, you know, depth. He seemed to be average at running pass, kind of, um, you know, just a an athlete that you want to keep your eye on is, is what I highlighted him for. Oh, work our way down here. Vanderbilt's running back, Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I've heard a lot of stuff about this guy. I kind of heard about him in the last year or so. And some people were like, man, this guy is the truth. He's electric. He put up a lot of big numbers when I would watch him. Like you'd, you'd see the stat line. Wow. Keyshawn Vaughn with 160 yards, Keyshawn John Vaughn with 200, some total yards or whatever it may be for Vandy. But I mean, I just don't know what the Lions want to do at running back. But if you really wait, want to wait till the fifth, sixth round, and maybe take a guy like this, you know, it would be intriguing. The next guy, I got major issues with this guy. Arizona State's Eno Benjamin. This was a guy I heard about two years ago where everybody's like, oh, he's going to be the top running back in fantasy. I mean, he's, he's done okay in his college career, and now people have him in the in the fourth, fifth round. So I, I don't know if he didn't live up to his potential, or there's some people that love this guy. They're like, oh, man, you know, this is, uh, you know, the next David Montgomery type player where you can get him later, but he's going to be he's gonna be really good, and you can hand him the football. I, I don't know. This is why I have him highlighted is because, I mean, he could either be really good and be a sleeper, or I just watch him and be like, nope, you know, not a, not a guy the Lions will want. I'll have to check him out a little bit more. Ohio State's Austin Mack at wideout. I, the reason I highlighted this guy is because every Ohio State game that I watched or against Michigan and whatnot, it seemed like this guy was that savvy, smart, lanky type receiver that could go make the make the plays really consistent as well as a guy that, I don't know, there's just something about him where I was like, man, that guy seems like he might be a, a good pro at the next level. Now, not an athletic specimen that will blow you out of the water, but a guy that just in and out of his cuts, catch the football, you know, every once in a while he's sneaking behind your defense. That's kind of what I saw from him. So I just highlighted him because I remember thinking that when I watched him. Next player, Texas Colin Johnson. Now this guy's like 6'6", 215, 220 pounds. You know, he's got that those crazy measurables. Had some good pedigree. I remember hearing about him, like he's going to be this stud wide out coming out. He was just always, hmm, at Texas. You know, he'd make plays. There's other games he'd have drops. He wouldn't show up. You know, Colin Johnson, to me, is a guy that if, if you want another big body receiver, you can go get him in the middle of the draft, maybe in the, you know, fourth, fifth round type if he slips, third if somebody loves him. But he's not a guy I'm really looking at for the Lions because he just 
I don't need that body type anymore. You know, I want Kenny to be my beast. I want another number two that can really um, do some things either with speed, route running, or both. And then I want a little guy that can work all those underneath routes that we haven't been able to do too much. I mean, Danny had a little bit of that, but I still think there's better, you know, slot options as well as opposite Kenny options that we can get going. Speaking of the other kid out of Texas, Devin Duvernay. Gosh, this guy is another polarizing guy. I've seen him everywhere from the third round to the sixth round. You know, Duvernay in the, in the one of the publications I was looking at was compared to Golden Tate, Grifka's favorite player, GT. Um, I don't know. I don't see it. You know, I the stuff I've read, the stuff I've seen of him, he just seemed like a okay football player that I can get in the fifth, sixth round. I'm not taking him anywhere near the third or giving him Golden Tate type status. You know, but hey, you know, when it came down to body build or some of the things they saw, you know, they liked from this kid, but he's not one that I would overly invest in from what I've seen so far. Uh, Arizona State's Brandon Ayuk. Um, this guy's intriguing as well from the wide receiver perspective. You know, a first, second, maybe third round type receiver grade, probably go more in that second round. I don't know. He he's he's big. He's angular. He can run. He can do some things. I'm I'm intrigued by him. I, I feel like these are the kind of prospects I'm much more apt to try to take a fly, uh, you know, a fly. I don't want to say that because I'm not going to go take Brandon Ayuk in the uh, second round for the Detroit Lions. But this type of player with his skill set and the things that he has that may be special are things that I'm looking for. You know in a receiver just hopefully later you know if i can get a guy in the third fourth fifth round that has tons of upside or can maybe make plays like who have i taken in the in my mocks i'm trying to think i took i took jared's boy a a couple times late where i was able to get uh i was able to get courtney davis i've taken denzel mims a couple times um I've got away from the KJ Hamlers in the second round, you know, waiting. I think waiting on receiver and running back is going to be the prudent thing to do. As much as I want to put running back to bed and just get a stud running back to go carry on and bow, I think it's better to wait on wide receiver and running back. So, again, plenty of other players I could have talked about. Those were just some ones that jumped out to me. Gave you a bunch of names, a bunch of little tidbits to think about. Um, if you love the draft, if you love football, make sure you clue in to all the practices this week uh, for the Senior Bowl, as well as all the coverage like NFL Network does. They have great recaps where you can get caught up within an hour or two. I'm definitely going to get all caught up when I get back from my business trip and uh, make sure that I'm on top of this for you guys, as well as uh, give you... I, I may come back and say, hey, remember I mentioned that? Yeah, scratch that guy. Hey, remember that guy? Yeah, I liked what I saw. He's going to be real good. Um, you know, definite Lions target. So I'll definitely have more info after that, as well as looking forward to the Combine. And then, depending on what the Lions do in free agency, then this sort of thing starts to crystallize. Once you've seen the Senior Bowl, their Combine numbers, and see what they do in free agency, then we're, they're really talking draft that last month or so. So, anyway, want to give you guys a Senior Bowl preview. Again, straight up football. No uh, no gimmicks, no gadgets. Uh, didn't make you laugh a ton today, but hopefully gave you some football talk that you can chew on and enjoy here for these couple days where I'll be out of, out of the state on airplanes, traveling all over, and then I'll be back right here next week, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast with the one and only Grifka. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. I'm out. 
Drink it in, man.